Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Hello. Hi. 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 Hi, people. My name is uh, David Bell. I'm Abe Epperson. And we just watched The Fablemans. The Fablemans. Spielberg. to change how everything looks. It's hard to find our house. Ours is the dark house with no lights. In this family, it's the scientists versus the artists. Sammy's on my team, takes after me. What kind of movie are we going to make? Uh, Abe. First of all, thank you so much for being my guest co-host. I'm Tom. Yeah, you're Tom. Are you familiar with Spielberg? Have you seen any Spielberg films? Uh, this is my first. Oh, okay. Uh, do you want to do you want to plug anything at the top of this? Just tell people about yourself. So you know, like uh, I, I was, you know, end plugs are fun, but uh-huh. like people can skip end plugs. You can't skip this, motherfuckers. So you know, Smart. you want to plug something? Yeah. yeah. Uh. I'm Abe, and I make movies, <laughs> and I podcast about movies, and you can find them on patreon.com slash smallbeans. Uh, p- please come listen to me. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Please come listen to him. I just watched your, or watched, I just ear watched uh, your newest Scott Bug. Oh. That was a blast. You guys, like, <laughs> I just like how much you guys gave up on the actual, like, staying in character part yeah we're done with that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you guys gave up almost immediately yeah for those delightful. that d- don't know we have a uh, cody johnson and i have long uh sh- done i mean he does this character that i just found hilarious and i was like back in the day and cracked i was like hey we should film this guy <laughs> yeah and uh it's uh, scott bug he's this uh he's this nonsense uh scientist who t- just doesn't say actual truths about science and so in this day and age of false information we decided it'd be fun to do false information podcasts about very obvious scientific stuff and we usually have a guest who talks about their expertise on some nonsense and uh it's very fun to do so it's so fun to listen to i love the turn the anti-wokeness that scott bug has <laughs> so created I, I, the new age i definitely started pushing him that, what, that yeah. way. when we had sean baby on who's another one of our friends who's a comedian he he likes that joke uh I, I, yeah it's just it's so funny when he does that just because it's a very warm bow if people obviously a lot of people know about the some more news yeah you know? yeah um, got it. Now I just want to talk about Scott Buck. What were we watching? Oh, The Fableman. The Fableman. Uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. It's a, yeah. It's, uh, how did you like this film? You know, I, yeah, the, uh, 
No, honestly, um, I watched it on Friday uh, at at a matinee. Uh, Okay. It wasn't many people uh, in the theater. Same with mine. It was me and like just a, it actually was like packed in terms of like not packed in like the sense of a movie theater, but it was like me and then a group of old Jewish women. And it was nice. it was kind of awesome because they laughed at like literally every single one of the jokes, and I was like, "Nice, he's fucking nailing it." <laughs> you know, it was a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, it's and that made me sad though. Like the you know, so it, go to movies uh, well, that aren't okay. blockbusters. But I will tell I, I'll ta- I'll answer your question though. I'll answer okay. your question before we talk more about that. Uh, it worked on me. It really worked on me. But I check like eight out of the ten of the boxes for who this movie speaks to. Um, I think, yeah, I think this movie will always matter more to Steven Spielberg than it will to me though. Um, right. So it's, it, I, it worked on me as a perfect way of putting it because I agree. It worked on me. I, I really liked this movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, I do want to like it's not a pushback because you're right more people yeah. need to go out and see non-blockbusters for sure mm-hmm. but this movie I don't actually expect that many people to see because it's so niche it's <laughs> like, so niche. it's not it's not typical it's it's actually rather slow uh, especially like yeah I, I really liked it again but like I feel like he could have shaved off some time I feel like it was a little self-indulgent and I feel like Steven Spielberg has every right to do that. <laughs> like that's part part of it where it's like, now nah, you go off, Steven. Yeah, like I you, mean, you 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 tell us, you tell us about your childhood. I like in the same breath. I want to say it is indulgent, uh, and you do feel how it's manufactured. But the concepts are very real, and he's not trying to sell you something you don't want. And yeah. because Spielberg is and always has been an honest salesman. Uh, and this is exactly what you sign up for. It hits you hard early with if imagination was your escape when you were young. I think it is for all of us. It hits oh, the, you hard. The tr- toy train shit. That yeah. was perfect. In the middle, uh, it hits you with the experience of like it, it really tackles divorce and finding yourself. Something mm-hmm. applies to a lot of people. And it makes you feel good at the end because it's a Spielberg movie. So it ends with triumph. You know, it's it's yeah. exactly what you sign up for and it, was, he nails it he's in he's a master you know he is i'm a i'm a little bitter only because it's also still very boomer where it's like and then he just got a job yeah <laughs> and, yeah and like they literally like put him in the office with john ford and it's like fuck you man uh <laughs> like, you and your fucking i you know your dad getting like th- three different houses in the movie so the deal like, so the deal about that is that actually happened. That is I know, I know, straight and autobiographical, great. literally down to the details, according to Spielberg. He's told that story before he even made the movie, and it's word for word. Like, yeah, he came in and he had a bunch of kisses on his face and, you know, so good. all this lipstick and stuff. And he was David Lynch. And, and it was David Lynch, which <laughs> honestly nailed it. I When I first yes. heard it, I was like, fucking, they're going to... D- He's going to do the David Lynch voice because he's David Lynch. And it's not that it's not John Ford, but it's definitely David Lynch doing those things, which makes it funnier. I think that's perfect because I think David Lynch, I think he, for people who are into movies, who are movie, movie people, he is like an intimidating, like 
he's the perfect comparison of like imagine him walking into the room and and the yeah. the nervousness you'd feel and like also the confusion yeah he just drops <laughs> like, on you immediately what do you know yeah. about art <laughs> it's perfect uh uh sir lynch he's uh, terrifying uh, yeah uh, yeah it's um so he nailed that um and I kind like at some point I do want to talk about John Ford and why he's so important to him because sure. I think that you know in a film appreciation podcast there's a reason why Spielberg was so fascinated with Ford and it was such a momentous moment for him but it's stuff like that that is indulgent so you know as we're stay, staying broad at the top of this podcast I think expect that if you go into this movie and you haven't seen it yet like it's 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 a movie for movie lovers. It's a movie yeah. for, and p- specifically Steven Spielberg movies. You know, it's not like it's a, a it's like a, a highlight reel of like, oh yeah, I love all those Steven Spielberg movies. It's just him talking about how much he loves movies. That isn't right. for everyone if, necessarily, but please go. <laughs> yeah, if, <clears throat> I'm just thinking like if I was like some 16-year-old kid who had only seen like Jurassic Park like I, I don't know if this movie's for them. It's it's just right. like it, it's very much like in the context and I think Spielberg knows that, right? Like I don't think this is he didn't make this thinking this is gonna kill it in the box office. I yeah. I think he knew full well what he was doing. Yeah, I think I saw a tweet or something which is, you know, elucidated it kind of perfectly, where it was like Spielberg like colon, you know, like that formatting they do on Twitter where it's like, mm. you're like I'm going to make blockbusters and everyone's like, yeah, fuck yeah, blockbusters are the greatest. And then people continue to say that. He's like, I'm going to make Fablemans. They were like, blockbusters are so cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like, yeah. He, yeah, that's the thing. He kind of did it to himself, I guess. But that isn't right. something we deserve to lob at him. Like, I... I don't no, know. I, I just, am a stand for I've Spielberg, seen people so. complain, like, no one's seeing the Fablemans. And it's like, I, again, like, more people need to see, like, mid-range and low-budget movies in theaters, for sure. Yeah. But the Fablemans is not the best, like, so, like example, it's just I guess. Our, I think our interests and our culture have just pivoted to different stuff, you know? We, yeah. We like different things. Yeah. I, and so, I guess we should go through the plot. Um we don't have to we don't have to like do it beat by beat right. but it's uh it's 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 about little little what's his name Sam Sam, Sam Fableman mm-hmm. um and he discovers movies uh and his dad is like a computer geek uh, a Paul Dano type mm-hmm. uh and uh he's friends with fucking Friends with old super bad over there, Seth Rogen. Uh, yeah. Seth Rogen, Benny. who did fine. He was good. I think he I did always, excellent. Uh, yeah, I like. I really. I'm a big fan. It's the same with Jonah Hill in um, a, that Scorsese film. I Wolf, just there's something yeah. I really like about watching like stoner actors being like these really uh, big, uh, like art house type yeah. movies and killing it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, here's the thing. I, I mean, th- this is a completely different tangent, but I will just say, I think that just like if you, you look at Jordan Peele and stuff like that, like com- comedians know, have to know so many things about like the human condition in order to be funny that yeah. it's like drama is a layup if they have any emotive skills at all. And most of them do. So, yeah, I agree. Like almost. 
most comedians who are like writers and comedians are like very good at that stuff. I mean, like, yeah. Think about John C. Riley. You know, like, <laughs> God, yes. I I think about John C. Riley a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's he's so good at both. Um, and yeah, Seth Rogen is. You're right. He's killing it in this. I think he's killing um, it. Yeah. Yeah. And so the broad strokes is it's so there's a few threads, and one is that their family's moving around a lot. And his uh, mom is, is is sticking it to Seth Rogen on on the down low. Although it's said uh, that she she says in a later scene, "We never did what you never think did we did," anything, I, yeah. which implies it's like we never consummated our affair. But yeah. it's clear she. So you, you mentioned before Paul Dano. You know uh, Art Spielberg. I think is the real father's name. Um, right. But uh, the the fictional father in this case um, was very like a computer genius and very infatuated with like the the living world. Um, but Michelle Williams plays uh, Spielberg's mother is like a pianist and uh, infatuated with art and like the promise of what doesn't exist. And right. that and- Fisher in their relationship, which Benny Seth Rogen is also on her side of like he's enamored with jokes and you know just being in the moment and dancing and all this stuff like they're artists you know i think he did a really good job at bridging that gap though of showing that he is also very much like his father like part of this yep. movie it's it's probably not him making peace with it because i'm sure he made peace with it a long time ago but it's him sort of like uh putting it on paper explaining yeah his relationship with his parents. Uh, I'm sure it's all been dramatized because it's a movie. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I love that <laughs> the uh, uh, that um, Sammy, his, like, superpower is film. Like, he uses that, film to yeah. do everything. That's... <laughs> It's that's really funny. the when it comes down to it that's kind of the problem of the movie to me is that it, <laughs> he's looking for because it's a spielberg movie i said earlier it means triumph in the third act right i, I do believe that in most spielberg movies and so when you're doing an autobiographical thing it means that he wants to he's aiming lofty loftily is that a word i don't know uh don't he's know. aiming so high for what is the triumph of Sam at the end of this film? Well, he beats all of his, you know, haters and he yep. s- does something important for film. You know, it's like yep. it, it fucking raises it to this highest highs. And it in that it's like it sounds like he does something like he invents a new camera, but it's it is humble. It, it is not necessarily that highfalutin, but like he has to kind of go far in order to make you go like, yeah, yeah, at the end right. that you expect from a Spielberg film. And it doesn't feel necessarily earned because most of the movie is just this family going through their normal family woes. That's the thing. A little of it's meandering. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I almost feel like he, he needed to pick one. Uh, not the film or the family, but the um, high school stuff or the family, because mm. I think the high school stuff got a little distracting, which what isn't to say it wasn't good. Because so what we follow is them as kids at first. And then, yeah, he he re- he realizes through the magic of film that his mom is having there's something between him, her and Seth Rogen he catches the footage. Yeah. Yeah. It don't. Lie. And then he exposes her uh, to her. he shows her the footage. Uh, and so through the magic of film. He he uh, exposes her, her discretion, and she's sad. 
and then uh, he, I think he quits film for a while. They they move they move several times, and then she kind of starts losing losing it, and mm-hmm. you can tell she's unhappy, and she makes a decision to leave leave to go back to Seth Rogen. Yeah, um, back to Arizona. Yeah, and uh, and then he has these bullies in high school. He's miserable. And they're super anti-Semitic and shitty to him. Uh, and through the magic of film, he beats them uh, using the magic of film. Yep. The, by filming them. I, I really liked the idea behind this is yeah. that he films the one of the bullies, the less bad bully, but they're both still terrible. And he makes them seem like heroic. And I really liked that idea because what they're circling is kind of the idea that and he says it. He's like, I don't know why. I think it made my movie better. And it's because the bully looks like a movie star. Yeah. And the idea is there's this there's this thread of like, oh, the popular kids, they're still like good looking and like uh, aesthetically and pleasing. Exciting and he to just follow yeah. because they yeah, stuff is happening. They're running and winning and doing all this. Right. Thing, so he's like, things. I'm just trying to make a good movie. Yeah. No. <laughs> like yeah. And I just reflected what I saw in that moment uh, on that beach that day and. For the little, you know, the little shitty goblin uh, bully, it's like <laughs> I'm gonna show you as a little, you little shitty, you, you just piece yeah, of shit. shit and he man. hates, so he hates uh, Sam because he's like, you made me look like a piece of shit, and it's like, well, yeah, you are a piece of shit. But with right. the the bully who's like bully light, who's like just he never is really super anti-Semitic, but he's first of all he does nothing to stop it and also he encourages his friend who is an actual anti-semite yeah i would uh, argue he does a good job with the anti-semitism in that there's like the the straight up anti-semites uh, and then there's the people who are just condoning it like they yeah. who you would argue is just as guilty or like yeah, you know exactly. just as shitty even like his love interest is like, is like fetishizing oh, that he's jewish oh yeah, more. yeah exactly she is a revelation by the way oh she's, she's fucking so fantastic. good this overly christian the uh jewish grandmas that i watched this with loved that those sequences she was perfect they were laughing so hard and i was with them but it was just so funny to see like oh yeah they've had that experience of like probably men in their life uh becoming attracted to like christians and you know some frustration right. with that and then also just looking at how ridiculous christianity is uh yeah. from it's, that perspective yeah. it's great so yeah for people who haven't seen it I, I don't know why you're listening to this but like yeah he meets this like jesus freak and she's just like it's it's teenage horniness versus yeah. judgment where he's let's just go like pray. I'm, <laughs> yeah she's like let's pl- pray together and she's just got all these pictures of jesus on the wall and it's terrifying and weird uh but she's also like turns out to be kind of sweet oh, yeah. um she's, but then yeah. in the end he's like he's like falling in love with her and then she's just like no you're just like a fun Boy he doesn't kiss. really fall like, in love. Yeah, I like that she's like, no, I'm going to Texas a and I'm not going to go to the California with you. What are yeah. you talking about? And, but he's like doing it because he, at that moment in the script, is dealing with his di- the divorce of his parents. And he's looking for something that is uh, permanent. So he's yeah. like, uh, we should move. We should be together. Uh, and I think it's just not, it's not a fit. And I think that's a really... So there, he's trying to say, I think this is actually a problem with the movie, but I appreciate it. I think he's trying to say a lot in this movie. It's a very and complex movie. And one of the things movie. he's trying to... What? 
the characters are very complex. Oh, yeah. But one of the things he's trying to say that I think could have come out more uh, that I really like is he's trying to say life isn't like a movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the idea of taking these like anti-Semitic bullies and making them look heroic. Uh, and like the idea of like, come to me to LA and her like, no. And like his real life just sort of being like falling apart. And every time he picks up a camera, he's able to capture this reality that doesn't actually exist. And that's why it really works for meeting Ford at the end, Mm -hmm. because it's like, oh my God, he's sitting down meeting this guy. And he turns out to just be like some weird old bastard. Uh, (laughs) I fucking love it. Yeah. Who'd like completely takes the magic out of cinema and his advice uh and And it's perfect it's perfect and that's and that's who uh like ford wasn't necessarily his mentor but like i said that scene happened and ford was so revolutionary because he 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 just made so many movies and he did really efficient stuff like he right like um you see hallmarks and Ford in a lot of filmmakers, but for Spielberg, it's like he works a lot with reflections. He dolling to someone's face while they look off screen in terror or majesty. Um, Ford made films when cameras were like cumbersome and heavy, so it couldn't be moved all around a lot in the middle of the shot. So Ford made these like complex wide shots seem effortless with staging and blocking. Um, so when you look at someone like Kurosawa or you look at Spielberg, like, you know exactly where they were getting their ideas from. doesn't mean they're copying right. him. It's just that he was so good at it and effortless at it that they were like, Jesus, how did he do that? Um, but I love what Ford's personality brings to this movie, which is c- clearly this interaction affected Spielberg down the line, which is um, like just a little bit about Ford. Like Ford is... Like the two examples that people give of interviews with Ford, because he's this macho man who made Western, you know, movies with John Wayne. And uh, but everyone says that, no, he was actually a very kind, gentle man who was very terrified all the time. He had these handkerchiefs that you chew on all the time and stuff. And two examples that you give and I've I've heard in interviews is that. Like an interviewer would say, like courage. You you talk in your war films and in your uh, your heroic cowboy movies. Courage is is it something did you believe is acquired or is it something that you're you're born with? And his response is, well, how do you expect me to answer that? <laughs> and then yeah. another example is this amazing sequence that you did where there was all this dust kicking up and it was like a full like battle. How did you shoot this big sequence in this movie? And his answer is with a camera, <laughs> you know, it's like, so right. he's just very brass tacks, very like, I don't see the art. Like I, the movies are not right. art. It's a John Carpenter type. Exactly. Where they're just, yeah. But you can't help yourself when you watch it and you go, no, this is art. This is art a little bit. And right. uh, I think that that to Spielberg is very much like he wanted to fit that. He's always chasing that little, that dragon, that elusive kind of like, I am just pumping out these shots, doing the work, but I'm trying to do it as best I can. And then right. later everyone will say, oh, wow, this is really influential and great. He wants who doesn't want to be John Ford in that respect? Right. But yeah, Spielberg can't help himself to be like uh, more optimistic or feel like, like that's kind of 
he always Spielberg always presents movies as being way more magical mm-hmm. uh, than these types of guys. But clearly, these types of guys influenced him a lot. I mean, we I I'm talking about my favorite moment of this movie, which is when. Uh, when the tornado comes, and I'm not referring to the literal tornado, I'm referring to Judd Hirsch. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, where, like, his mom has, like, a dream that something horrifying is coming, <laughs> and then Judd Hirsch rolls up. He just rolls and up, just, and he's just like, ah, I'm here now. steals the movie for, like, five minutes and then leaves. And what he talks about, which I think is, I really like what he talks about, because the one big thing that it, it's never talked about and it's and this is what this is I think what Dave and I mean when it's like it works on us because we're creative right. types it is the concept that art is hard right and he's like we get follow your dream movies all the time but this movie points out that by walking that path you have to leave something behind and in this right. case it's family and he's like you want so Judd Hirsch comes into this movie and he's like I, you're like me and that means you're going to be a loner and you're going to it's going to be awful because there's going to be stuff that are clear answers to you, like your family that love you and you're you love them. But you never love, love them as much as this camera machine. Uh, right. And that means that you're an asshole and you're selfish and you're going to leave them behind. Uh, yeah. And that's like, oh, that's a hard pill to swallow. And that's the other theme or one of the other themes of this uh, about like reality versus art there's also the idea of like sacrifice like the the idea of what his mom goes through because his mom's an artist too but she had kids and she's she's you know the this feeling of sacrifice and then at the end when she leaves she sort sort of explains like you know you you nobody can you can't like nobody should have control over you basically right like that she has to do this thing. Otherwise she's just going to be bitter and like slowly just get more and more like depressed. I love and become less like their mom. I love her little mini do- uh, monologue where she's just like, uh, Paul Dano does, doesn't deserve any of this. I'm the worst person. Like, right. She's like, I, 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 this is what I deserve to stay with him and be unhappy. You know, she had that crosses her mind and leads her for, you know, for many years of her life. But then she realizes she can't do that to herself. No, right. No one, no one deserves that, you know, and that's the complexity of the divorce is that there's nothing wrong. It's just there's unhappiness here. And yeah, the kids are like, but why? What? What's wrong? You guys are together. You guys. It's the same. It's as it's always been. It's like, well, of course, kids, because we've always been unhappy because we wanted something else. Right. There's a lot of the idea of like the pursuit of your own personal happiness and the sacrifices that you have to make uh, or the shitty things you have to do to do that. And the decision to, to between personal happiness you feel like and the what you should do monster in the world and you feel like you deserve your unhappiness and that's just no way for anyone to live and so right. it's very sympathetic to that and it's also in a way makes paul dano and this is also a knock i would give to it I'm also making a film, an autobiographical film with my writing partner, Michael Swaim, and we've talked about this as well, is that sometimes you have the tendency when you look back in the past that you make like a monolith out of someone. And in this case, it's like Paul Dano is like he's a martyr. He's like, 
he sees the tragedy in front of him and he sees the infidelity and he's just like, okay, it's, it's going to be right. fine. I was really hoping you were like, we're also making a Spielberg biopic. And this about motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he beat us to it. <laughs> the gall on the spit. Who does he think he is? Um, no, yeah, I, I think Paul Dano, there is a level of like, he's also pursuing his dream and he's dragging the family along. Yeah, he's, and they yeah. do a little of that, but they definitely make him the most like sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, I think it's, again, it's because he's, I think it's all right balance because he's like, I'm like my mom. And my mom isn't, he doesn't, he also doesn't portray his mom as a villain, no. in my opinion. Uh, she, again, it's just one of those things people do. You know, she's never a bad person. Yeah. Uh, she's just, she's just stuck in this situation. Yeah. I think he did a very good job at showing everybody's perspective. I would say the one, the one character that, fell short to me as the bully because yep. he has to have that moment of like the magic of film taught that me was sweaty and it was like mm. the the thing that made up for it and i actually think if you if he's gonna do this at all he should have done it throughout and he only does it twice in that scene the bully like cries yeah. and he's like you better not fucking tell anybody about this and he goes i won't unless i make a movie about it and then he's like no i'm joking i'll never make a movie about this wink, and practically wink, winks at the camera yeah. And I actually think there there could have been more of Spielberg doing that, taking like victory laps and being like, ha ha, fuck you, bully. I mean, <laughs> like, we're right. Yeah, we're here. Why the fuck not? I mean, I think he not? did. He had the other. Bu- that's why he had two bullies, because he had he wanted right. he, to have his cake and eat it, too. Uh, he wanted both of them, both things. Oh, yeah. I just mean there could have been more moments of just like I, I what I liked. So I, I feel like this movie could have been really meta, like really like fucking like adaptation meta because Mm -hmm. the two meta moments in it like that made me realize like this could have been spielberg like showing what he learned through the way he makes the film too Mm -hmm. and he doesn't do that nearly enough he's just doing spielberg like what i I guess what i'm referring to is at the end john ford says yeah look at that horizon uh you know uh where is it it's at the bottom look at the next one it's at the top uh what's what you you probably quote it better but it's like if it's that's at the bottom it's interesting if it's <laughs> yeah. at the top it's interesting in the middle in the that's center. not interesting now exactly. get the fuck out of here <laughs> and then he leaves and the last shot is little spielberg walking uh, down the studio very and the camera adjusts itself shakily to put the horizon in the right as spot. if the filmmaker is saying oh i gotta be interesting uh yep. and that's and very funny he, i think he could have done more of that i, I think, think he, this could have yeah. spielberg plastering himself all over the, the See, movie in terms of how it was being made. I don't think that's Spielberg, though. That's like, like I know, I another know. recent was, autobiographical like meta commentary on oneself was Weird. Did you watch Weird? It's not Spielberg at all. Wait, Weird? No, I need to watch that yeah, so Yeah, you should bad. watch Weird so because that's, that. that's exactly kind of what you're describing. But yeah, yeah. I just think Spielberg. like he's trying to walk this path of being like a little tongue in cheek, like with the bully stuff. Mm. Um, and, and also like, I just think he should have went for it. And you're right that that isn't Spielberg at all. So I was actually surprised he did as much meta stuff yeah. as he did. I mean, yeah, I think, well, when you see that he sees himself not at, as a subject and more as a character, then you, then it becomes yeah. obvious. Then you go, Oh yeah, he did take the wind out of the sails of Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, he does have fun when it's right. you know Alan Grant. You know, there's he likes to make fun. He likes to take your heroes and the people that you wish to do well, 
uh, and succeed in your movie. And he likes to say like, yeah, but they're just schlubs. They're idiots. Yeah. And that's what he, he sees like himself as a character in the movie, I think. Uh, I yeah, mean, for both sure. literally, but also as the old man, the filmmaker. So that's why I think he's keeping it like at arm's reach. Um, right. But I know what you mean, because Spielberg is so fun with those tricks. He's such like a Rolodex of, oh, I could do this. Like even look at the uh, the artifice in like the movie that he made for the prom, like for the high school that he like. So. Right that it's like engaging he does little tricks where it's like i'm gonna get a shot of a bird and then i'm gonna whip down and then i'm gonna put whipped cream splash some whipped cream on people's faces like he just invented a gag that would i don't care what age you are if you had a group of people who knew each other and you did like a little game like that you were fucking killing it you were gonna destroy that whole audience you know he shows how effective it is because Mm -hmm. he shows not just that, but then he does the setup of the guy yawning, and everybody goes, "Oh, oh fuck. yeah!" Like he's gonna yeah. get shit into. And he's exp- he's like, like he's not spelling it out, but he's explaining, yeah, like what what the Little magic tricks. of editing is. Little tricks, like, yeah, I've learned. Little tricks. Here's, uh, all right, yeah. so here's what I think is a snag with this movie. Um, we were talking about the concept of like sacrifice and art, and how it has to like kind of. Um, make you very lonely Mm -hmm. uh, and lead you down this path. The problem with this movie is that it's made by Spielberg. Sure. Uh, Like the kind of the same way La La Land did this, where La La Land is even worse, where it's La La Land was definitely about that, right? It was about sacrificing personal life for art, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But the problem was is that they were both really yeah. good at their art and succeeded and yeah, incredibly yeah, yeah, yeah. and had no like that's kind of like I it's actually very smart of Spielberg to not do any of the studio stuff. Like it ends when he gets to the studio because it is sort of like he he knows this. Like he, I'm sure he knows this just like any you know any like famous celebrity knows is that they got incredibly lucky and uh, obviously he's incredibly talented too. Right. Um but it's just so hard to get that message from Spielberg. Yeah. Um, like, this is almost a more... I think this m- movie would have been more interesting about someone who has to struggle with that. Uh, it's the special boy thing. Where yeah. it's like... Like, they're always so fucking special. Because, in this case, Spielberg absolutely was special. Mm-hmm. So it's that's what I mean by like it's hard to have Spielberg telling the story, yeah, and addressing those things. Yeah, no, it's um, it's frustrating. Uh, I'll, I'll agree that it's frustrating. Uh, <laughs> it's, I guess uh, what I'm saying is I don't think would say his perspective. This- <laughs> he has, it's hard. Like, and again, it's not his fault, but his perspective is not the common perspective. Right, right, but he's not, and it works for movies for telling a story yeah. where, it's, yeah, the hero has to succeed at the end. But when you're talking about this subject of like what people give for their art, part of what people give for their art a lot is time, and and like yeah, and yeah. and the privilege. And these are all very real things, you know. Right, like the, the part. Oh, sorry. Well, you know, keep you know, keep going. Oh, the part where he right near the end where he gets home and he's like, I feel like my life is passing me by. And I haven't accomplished anything. I was just like, relax, man. You'll make jaws. You're like 17. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, you'll make jaws. That's funny. I don't feel bad for you. No, no. That's, I mean, that's right. Uh, 
especially with the privilege stuff and the concept like he it's a well-to-do family his dad is constantly moving around because he keeps you know getting hired to the next level and that's i don't sorry we'll just uh like but i i don't know i i don't see that as legitimate uh i'm not gonna judge someone if they're like wealthy growing up you know what i mean it's not sure. about that. I mean, you can. I'm just, but the, oh in no, this what case, I mean is just movie. that it's hard to talk about, make a movie about the subject he's making it about, mm-hmm. or like the subject matter when he's he like where he's the person he is. Like it's it's tough, man. It's like I want to yeah, see this version where. <laughs> What? Yeah, I know. It's uh, like I, mean, I don't mean that to like none of it matters. It's a movie. I mean like it's it's supposed to make you feel something and root for a character, and right. this is a very effective way in which it works. I mean, oh yeah, I do, I I know what you're saying, but I don't think it's that legitimate of a like a a, a knock on the movie just because. I like I don't think that the movie itself is like trying to say that. All film, all people go out and get a camera, and you'll be as good as me. That's not what the movie's saying. That, That's you, your read of the movie. The movie's well, just saying this guy, this happened to this guy. Right. I guess that's what I'm, what I'm getting at is that. No, you're right. It isn't saying that, but it's touching on that idea. Well, of I, sacrificing I think, for art, right? Yes. Um, and it's touching on all these, uh, all these concepts, and it is a, it's a fun story. I guess what I'm saying is when you're, like, when you're talking about like passion and art i i i don't think this movie by design can nail it like something like i don't know living in oblivion did where it's like about the desperation of indie filmmaking yeah you know what i mean or like american movie or something like that no no i i I think that there's yeah depending on there's something you you can't replace in a movie which is your your it's like a chess game your moves and in like mm-hmm. American movies, a great example, the moves to failure are indicative of something that's so clearly like lo- like it's lobbying its arguments at like, well, look at what happens when you do this. And then if those were successes, it would mean a completely different thing in this right. movie. It's a series of everyone's gets a little success. Everyone gets a little failure. But in the end, you're going to make it, buddy. And it's true that that isn't true for everyone. Uh, so that is a valid concern about life. I just think that we go to movies to escape life is all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I also don't think it's fair to this movie. I guess what I'm saying is just that uh, there, like, yeah, it's not a, really a hit against this movie. Okay. More of like I couldn't help thinking about other movies that tackle this that subject. That tackle the subject. Yeah, no, those are uh, yeah. I to me, I think that the. One of the biggest docs about it is you really feel the stage managed version of his life uh, throughout this movie. And that, so going back to what you said earlier, which the biggest thing yeah. in the way of this movie is Steven Spielberg himself making it. Um, yeah, in terms of the movie itself, I like I said, I almost want him to pick a lane more where mm-hmm. it's like make it like magical and like meta and out of control or like really ground it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, I don't believe that he showed up as bully with the magic of film. I just don't. And I don't uh, believe that that bully would cry or have that reaction. Because I yeah. don't think that people are in high school that way. I, they could be, but it just didn't spark true to me. There yeah. are things that spark very true to me that I was taking. I was, like, 
I was very blown away by because I was like, I did not think I was going to get that level of introspection and honesty from Spielberg, who is a manufacturer in his soul, you know, um, but there's this artist soul that he's, you know, had in his presentation and he's had in his themes and like what his movies cover, but he's always been very, you know, like distant and just like transparent and in the way that he presents it kind of like a teacher would, you know, these are the facts. Mm. Um, one of those moments that really affected me and I'll, I'll just describe it. Uh, and I, I actually want people in the comments to who have seen this movie to say, cause I would love to read if they have had this experience as well, uh, especially from people who are, who, who never really picked up a camera, which is um, I loved Sam as a cameraman during the divorce scene. Do you know the moment I'm talking about? The family Where he's imagining himself as the camera. And he sees it in the reflection. The man so the family's the they're most unraveled and most intimate in their arguments and they're dealing with the this heavy offer, which is we're separating. And it's for me, in my personal life, and in some of the larger moments in my life, the times with my loved ones where things felt broken, and I knew in the moment that this would have like a reverberations down the line, my brain would do anything to escape. And one of those things that I've thought a few times is, boy, I wish I could film this. And yep. I know I've been right every time in that statement, and it would have been a great footage. But where Spielberg kind of stops the thought is, like, I'll just add that I think... What a monster you'd be to actually do that. What an absolute right, freak I am. Hard <laughs> agree, by the way. I've had the exact had the, same. Yeah, I yeah. want Spielberg to know that we're freaks together. And I also want to like ask, is this u- more I, universal than I think? So I actually expected more of that in this movie. And I think it's actually a thread that's missing. And maybe it's just because Spielberg never felt this way. But I was fully expecting him to be way more emboldened behind a camera. Because for me, a camera was a crutch early mm-hmm. on, where mm-hmm. it's socially, like you're hiding behind the camera. Uh, and it was really helpful. And that's kind of what that showed to me is that this, yeah, disassociation, this idea of like thinking about getting the shot or like that this would be a good scene as a way to just disconnect emotionally you from what's happening. You could think about work. And, and there was a little yeah. of that, but I thought there'd be a lot more. I thought there would be more, yeah, especially with that uh, kind of chameleon aspect that you spoke to, because it's like, yeah. it really is something where you turn into a role. Because, like, think about a wedding photographer, you know? What is it? There's, like, a Sherlock episode where it's, like, the wedding photographer oh, yeah. is the perfectly suited person to do a crime because he's invisible, watch, you know, and stuff like that. that. And it, but it's true. Like, you you become invisible, and that is a great way to get away from I, being a part I was a, of it. <laughs> yeah, I was a wedding videographer, and I killed so many people during my time <laughs> yeah, there. exactly. But it's also... <laughs> no, but it yeah. is. Like, you, you feel, yeah... You feel way more invisible. Like, I thought that stuff with the bully, that's what I really liked. And I almost wish there was more of that throughout of, like, I didn't need the bully. Like, I didn't need the bully confrontation. I would have been happy with the part where the bully kind of realizes, like, holy shit, he made me look good. And then maybe just a smile and a nod, really. That's (laughs) what I was expecting is him to be like, I look like a golden god, which is... By the way, if it's as always sunny in Philadelphia hadn't taken that term, that yeah. would be in this movie. But he was like, I, I was like some golden thing that like, yeah. And he's just, and then he was made sad because he'll never live up to that. Is like the subtext that was of this, the part or the that text was weird. Scene. Yeah, that's I, to me the step that is he would never what, take. Yeah, I know this is more cynical, 
but I almost expected more of like the bully to not barely recognize uh, Spielberg or Fableman. And like they do the part where he just kind of fucks off and goes to the hallway and he's having that a terrible was- night and everybody loves it. And I know that's like kind of leaning on the troubled genius idea, mm-hmm. but it is like I thought that's what more of he was saying is like director's job is to make other people look good. <laughs> Like that's the right. thing, or or look a certain way, and so like I I I just yeah I think he leaned into yeah, that a little he, too much. He, yeah, it is a great like I think the bully should have have asked like why did you make me look that way? Yeah. Uh, what are, I didn't deserve that? Like that's or like, a good angle. You could have had someone else ask him. I I think that again he's trying to tell a lot of there's mm-hmm. a lot of emotional threads. And he has every right to do that. I think what I was most fascinated by, though, is that idea of like his relationship with the world and then his relationship with the world through the camera. I would have loved to see more versions of that, even if it wasn't true, where it's like him filming his family versus how his family actually is. Him filming his high school versus how his... And just talking about... like That would have been really interesting to see Spielberg talk about like what how film changes reality is essentially right. what that is how I, I, the manufacturer yeah. aspect which to me that's him holding on to the keys you know like that's right. that's him saying like i'm never gonna give you my secret sauce right. <laughs> uh, but the reality is there's no real secret sauce he's just an incredibly well-researched thinker um that's every expert ever it would have been amazing if in this movie he met a genie and the genie made him famous. And it was and we Idris all have to walk out of it. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, we all have to like walk out of it wondering, like, wait, is that what happened? Is that, is that what he did thinks he happened? get wishes? Yeah. Are you fucking is Jurassic Park a wish? Are no, you a wish the machine? The genie and then wish? it just cuts to uh it cuts to it cuts to Spielberg at the end. It's actual old Spielberg and he flies away on a magic carpet. Yeah. And he just says it's goes, all true. It's all true. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm John Ford, and then he has an eye patch. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) It's, yeah, I mean, like, I think we joke about it because it's tough to love something so self-indulgent, right? I think that's also your impulse for why you were like, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of problems in this movie that relate to the fact that Steven made it. Yeah. I think yeah, that, that well, I think that's true, but I think it's okay to like things that are indulgent. Um, that's I think the that's thing fine. Is like, I don't. I'm not mad at the movie, uh, and I enjoyed it through and through. I laughed. I laughed when uh, the the old ladies laughed. Yeah, uh, I laughed at all the shit. I loved it. Um, the there's definitely parts where he just stops and says, "Let's have some fun." Mainly around that one woman, the one girlfriend is fucking great, and like Judd Hirsch, which is also a great. Mm-hmm. childhood because we've all sort of had that like from our childhood like a terrifying old guy that we meet once and yeah. that is like it related to the family and we never meet again mm-hmm. um it was he was killing it uh and like i guess what i'm saying is that this didn't need to be wrapped up in a perfect little bow this doesn't need to be for anyone because steven spielberg has spent an entire career making movies that have made me want to make movies, you know? (laughs) And so it's just like... One for them, one for me now, from here on in. Yeah, and this is like, this can... Yeah, this is for you, and I'm enjoying it. 
I just don't expect the movie to like the theater to be packed with people. I don't expect this to necessarily like. I think this is deserving of some awards and shit. Um, I think it's going to do a lot better than it probably deserves. Um, I think it should get some acting. Stuff. I think it should get acting stuff. There's there's a lot here though. Like I don't know. Like there the is. divorce stuff is real. It doesn't just create evocative scenes where it's just like you know come award season you get like something like marriage story it's like well of course you know like that look at those scenes but like to me when it comes down to it there's a lot of there there's a lot of situations that occur in this movie that he really really did do the mining work ahead of time Mm -hmm. and you really can feel it because it's all like okay so one of the dinner sequence with the monkey right and the christian girlfriend is there and there's <laughs> the con- who haven't listened who haven't seen it or she's probably like wait, <laughs> wait there's, there's a, a monkey, monkey? Yeah, yeah yeah and there's a conversation about sam taking up filmmaking again after he's quit and everyone is both saying what they need to say for themselves and responding in curt phrases it's incredibly tight dialogue i was very surprised uh yeah, it was good it, by how it moves by so fast, it almost felt on pace with like a mumblecore, mumblecore script, like a Noah Baumbach thing, which is why I like mentioned Marriage Story. It, like come award season, this movie is going to get acknowledged for its writing and uh, acting, uh, but the themes at play to me are like we've dunked on the bully arc and stuff like that, and the fact that Stevie is you know coming here with coming in hot with him saying oh another tweet I really liked was the uh, one that was like uh, Steven Spielberg just came in and told everyone I I've been amazing at uh, filmmaking since I was four year old four years old motherfuckers deal with it uh, <laughs> it's just like that is the most baller move I've ever seen <laughs> you yeah. know like that's uh, it's it really it's all is. of these things uh, but like I don't know to me like the like what really hits when it really hits hard it really does like there's nothing that isn't true about this movie, and I think that that yeah. gives it legacy. Um, I think so. Talking about the broad subject, doesn't even have to be Spielberg of someone making their own autobiography in a movie. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things about this movie that is an issue, but again, like I, I don't know this. Uh, I think uh, I, I think this movie, like I, I don't think he needs to change a thing. He's Spielberg again, making a movie about being Spielberg. But I think it's that idea of if you're making, if he was making a movie about someone else and looked at this script, he'd probably cut stuff and change stuff more because he'd be like, no, that's not exciting. We got to do this and that. Mm-hmm. Like this movie is a little meandering. And that's, I guess that's why a movie like Adaptation came to mind because Adaptation is about real life versus cinema, right? Right. And the whole idea is cinema is exciting. Real life isn't. Uh and, and of course, adaptation—the third act suddenly just goes nuts mm-hmm. because it was uh, the meta written by his brother or whatever. But like, I—I I think that's, I guess, like if you're gonna make a movie about your life and you're not gonna cut it out and you're just gonna make it a little like, like I don't think the structure of this movie or pacing of this movie is particularly like tight or like even like it, like it felt like weird the pacing. It, yeah, uh, I mean the family stuff is like, a slow burn because yeah. you have to like put all the parts together. Exactly, and um, there's stuff where it's like I don't know if we needed that much of him as a kid. And again, it's like the high school stuff feels like a totally different movie. 
and and so he's trying to include all this stuff about his life, and and again he's showing that life is messy. Uh, right. But if you do that, I do think, considering this is about someone who makes movies, like it's hard not to just copy adaptation, obviously. But that is kind of what he is showing to some extent, which is like, yeah, movies aren't messy. Movies are like that last shot is purposefully looks like like a fantasy like mm-hmm. it's it's like magic hour isn't it in that yeah, shot it's like a sunset shot it's a, yeah. a call to the western yeah yeah and so like i don't know him playing with that more or something it just it feels like he had a lot to say and he was trying to say it all in this one movie uh and so it's like a little drawn out um a little messy but I, I I really enjoyed it. It's so funny because I I I was good, gonna go the in. I'm the opposite. I think it's because yeah. I'm director first and you're writer first. Uh, Charlie Kaufman seems more self indulgent than this. And the, oh, that was super self indulgent. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, like adapt. And I don't just mean in terms of like I I I'm rewriting cinema. This is the great uh, American movie. Uh, like that's not necessarily the self indulgence I'm talking about. It's the um. To me, like Charlie Kaufman is more meandering in adaptation than any time in this movie. This movie is on rails in comparison to me, uh, but that's just my read of it. Because I wouldn't I, want this to be an adaptation, for the record. But yeah. you know what I'm saying is yeah, that yeah, yeah. you making a movie, like if you're making a biopic and it's about yourself and you can't leave anything out because he clearly didn't want to like tighten it for like he didn't want to like change too much. Uh, but he knows in his mind he has to be Spielberg. He has to still make a movie, right? Right. So, like, stuff like that bully speech. Like, that felt like Spielberg being Spielberg, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but I think it's just really hard because he's making a fucking movie about his own life. So it's, like, it's hard to know what's important what's not from that perspective. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, the movie, like, it really did strike me as, like, kind of anticlimactic a lot of the time because he was probably like, well, this is what happened. And it's life is not very climactic in most parts. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, I, I don't know. I, that's why I'm saying like, I would have been more interesting, interested in a movie about his relationship with filmmaking versus life because of that reason, because it's hard to just tell his story when his story is, it, it, it's the same of like, when you like the Johnny cash biopic where you watch it and you're like, Oh, so not much actually happened. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like the musician biopics where you realize like, oh, their life, they're famous. So they made a movie about them. But and th- you right. could argue this is sort of the same where it's like it's a good drama. But ultimately, th- like if you were looking at the script and you were Spielberg, you'd go, ah, eh, let's make it more exciting or something. Let's make. Yeah. that. I mean, yeah, I I. I agree with what you're saying. When I compare something like the, when I compare like this to something like walk the line or something like that, uh, to me, there isn't as nearly as much, uh, procedural. What's the word I'm looking for? Like kind of making it grand granderization. That's not a word. Um, but you know what I mean? Like the idea of making it, feel like bigger than it's supposed to be and manufacturing that bigness. Uh, I don't think, I think uh, there's a humbleness in Spielberg where he always stays away from it. Even in his most self-indulgent moments where he's convincing a bully to be better because he showed him to be something 
better uh, and that angers the bully. Um, even that is not a win, really. The bully is like, well, anyway, go fuck yourself. Right. Uh, there's self-indulgence is also like the fact that he, the bully hands him a marijuana cigarette. <laughs> I'm speaking like yeah. Michael Sarah in Arrested Development. He hands him a joint and he goes like, he and he's like, like cigarette. and he's like, uh, uh, no, I, I don't want this. And I'm like, yeah, we all fucking know Spielberg. You're straight edge. It's fucking details right. of your life. That stuff. It's like him. Exp- you can't help but watch that and you know what go and think in your head okay i'm i'm watching a man explain himself to me that is weird yeah and that's it's, unique. it's sometimes it's like people it, it's just doing it's he has a very difficult perspective on his own life that's all and so uh he he just doesn't necessarily know what to leave what to cut or what to augment but at the same time I'm watching Spielberg make a Spielberg movie about Spielberg. Again, I'm not complaining. I do wish that bully, by the way, when he left, he was like, by the way, call me by my real name, Ricky Dreyfus." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's Locked no up. fucking way Richard Dreyfus was like that in high school. It'd be school. amazing. It'd be amazing. Like, oh. And he, he called that shot like, yes, and that man was Richard Dreyfus. And then he was kicked in the balls and he did cried. You feel, did you feel like Judd Hirsch was actually doing a little quint? Like I got, I got the feeling that Chet not, Hirsch. Yeah, I, I don't know, know if that was in the direction. I don't or not, think but it was Quint specifically, but he was serving the same purpose as Robert Shaw. Oh, yeah. You know, like he not only just purpose. I think that uh, Judd Hirsch was specifically signaling in on the, I'm I'm the guy who's going to snap you out of your nonsense. Like right. you have a belief, and that belief is this isn't important enough to really think about. I am here like a force of nature like you said it perfectly a tornado to yeah like look into my soul i'm telling you what my soul is it's a very like yeah. marlon brando thing i think yeah for sure but um, yeah i feel like jed hirsch should get nominated just for this one scene he was so much fun <laughs> he, it well, he was really fun that whole yeah. scene is fucking amazing i love how he rips his shirt and he's like all right, <laughs> that's enough of grief. Well, that is I I've learned this recently. That is a In, part of a uh, part Jewish of Shiva, morning. Uh, yeah. Shiva, yeah. Um, nowadays they give you a fabric to rip usually. Yeah. Because people are like, I'm not. This is my nice outfit. I'm wearing it for a funeral. Right. Um, yeah. 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 I don't want to rip this. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a nice shirt. I bought this yeah. shirt. No, yeah, it's it's very practical. This. Very practical grieving. Yeah. Um. Man, yeah, I, I, this is one of those situations where, like, I can pick at this, but the truth is, is that I enjoyed it through and through. I noticed its length a little bit. I noticed during that it felt a little, like, narratively was, yeah. uh, a, a little messy. Um, it's certainly not my favorite Spielberg film, but it, it's, again, like, I don't know. It's fucking good, good for him. <laughs> I enjoyed Good. the shit out of it. I, I, I thought it was it. actually going to be a lot less entertaining. Like I was laughing during this. I had a lot of fun. Uh, the, the the part where she like s- does the hairspray. Like he did a lot of really funny comedic beats. Like I always forget that about Spielberg. That he's very is like tunes. his comedic timing is yeah. great. Oh yeah, and he was that. He's never not been that. Watch Sugarline Express, man. That's his yeah, second film. 
It's more that whenever you like most of most of the time his comedic timing is like big because it's he's making movies about aliens and dinosaurs. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And so when it's just people in a car, you forget like, oh shit, he's really he's funny. Gonna play, yeah. Just with people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's really good at it and like so many people who like surround him and orbit him throughout his career, like Joe Johnston. Like if you watch like October Sky, it's full of that kind of shit too. And it's almost like that stuff, seemingly unimportant, is the actual movie magic. Because it's little small moments that culminate into this feels real. These characters feel right. They feel like someone I might know. And that connects us. And that, I mean... I sound like a fucking I sound like fucking Nicole Kidman in an AMC ad right now but like <laughs> god damn it that shit works on us because we we long for it we're like we really need sometimes to reach out to this abyss and go oh yeah they see right. that part of the human animal too yeah he's amazing at it yeah and movies, he always will movies. be movies man they're back yeah yeah Heart- so, heartbreak so if Feels you ha- good. so go watch it again i might watch it again i don't know i'm probably gonna like you, before this podcast you're like i'm probably not gonna see another movie in theaters until avatar and i'm like yeah 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 i'm just tired man it's so this is a different conversation but like right <laughs> the pandemic has really made me lazy about movies where it's like i have to go in i have to talk to people i have to sit down there's other people here and they're talking and it's like what the fuck man? oh i was but, like, terrified that someone was gonna sit like near me Oh uh, yeah, I was like, please don't be in the seat like two away from me. Even it yeah. used to be like one away that I was frustrated, but two away, it's like chill. Now it's like two, even three chairs away from me. Like I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna right. be very sad, uh, and that's bad. I think that's us. I think that's our us being yes, our problem. Yes, us. Yeah, we're the problem. Yes. No, because I, I don't know. I I've been I've been going to movies a lot, mind you. I mean, I I see a movie once a week for this, and I often. Like Halloween spoiled me because everything was on streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I tend to go into a movie theater once a week. Uh, I, I enjoy it greatly. I miss the Arclight. I miss the Arclight because I, I am yeah. like... I miss the Arclight too. Yeah, AMC is fine. But like for people who don't know what the Arclight is, it was a theater for adults. And what I mean by that is it had only, and they boasted this, seven minutes of trailers. Nothing mm-hmm. more. Nothing less. They had no like, like oh, get here for the twenty before the movie. Yeah. None of that shit. It was just like nope. slides. They had a nice little bar. They sold candy and popcorn. They sold all the regular shit, but it wasn't like oh, out of control. The seats uh, are fucking know. nice. Like the I don't know. It's just the per. It's the angle was perfect. I I, I yeah. It, it was, was a, a movie streamlined fucking experience, and it's gone. Yeah. And we can just be sad and about it. Okay, yeah. it's <laughs> the kind of place that you could, if you was like kids, you could turn around and go shut the fuck up, and then an usher could come in and be like, "Are these kids bothering you?" Yeah, exactly. And kick out the kids. <laughs> kick rocks, <laughs> like, kids. Yeah, these it was like teens Alamo, gotta go. You know that they have the same deal. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like that's part of his AMC. I always feel exhausted. Afterwards, because it's like going it's to a casino, catered to and I know I sound super old saying no, 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 no. It's because it's catered to families, and we're not family men. Yeah, so, uh, and I so hate it's, it's like, oh yeah, kids are f- everything about kids we love. Oh no, see, I, a, a stray kid here and there, I'm fine with a family. A family is the. Worst. I see a stray kid, I'm going for blood. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair too. 
It's just um, how I am, how my mom raised me. <laughs> um, what else? Anything else? I mean, Are like, you good? Uh, just one last bit, I think, just to sum up. Like, I have yeah. to say, like, I it re- just, it worked on us, right? Uh, and yeah. we can't help our critical minds, so we did say some critical things in this podcast. But just to tell you the level of consistency that i had with this movie like i literally have a mother who's like the artistic one and the father who's like the practical one like that amalgam that makes stevie like right. according to steven spielberg now uh that steven spielberg sauce that made him uh it's I think I'm always going to love this movie because of course, if you're a filmmaker and Steven Spielberg is like, I'm like you, you're going to go, Oh daddy, (laughs) you know, like, and so there was no getting around that. So my absolute love for this movie and for Steven Spielberg in general is never going to go away. I'm, I'm, I'm biased and I am committed to that, to that assessment because it's so far connected. I am tribal about Steven yeah. Spielberg. So take whatever I say with a grain of salt is I yeah. guess what I'm saying. So going back to Walk the Line, which is a weird comparison, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but like maybe had I seen Walk the Line if I was really into country music or Johnny Cash. Or alcoholic like or al- yeah, or pill popping. <laughs> yeah. Um like that that would have been something. And that's what I'm saying about the the fundamental problem with a biopic is that if someone went into this movie and didn't care about Spielberg I just imagine they must be so bored by it. They, and they must be like, Jesus fucking Christ. And they're on and like Twitter right jerk now. jerk-off motion and leaving. And they're you hilarious, know? to be honest. The, yeah. their, their, their observations are the greatest because yeah. they can look in at, from outside and peer in and go, look at these fucking self-ingratiating right. filmmakers. And, and I, I tend every, to... Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, and I tend to hate movies about making movies. Like, that's why I was thinking of La La Land, which is a movie I did not like. And it's uh, kind of a lot of, in the places, the same message. And it's like, well, why didn't I like that? But I like this. The answer is because Spielberg made this. (laughs) And Spielberg's better. Um, Yeah, yeah. he had fun with it, and it wasn't so self-serious. And that's, I think a huge hurdle to get over when you're making a biopic of any kind. And that's why we mentioned La La Land and Walk the Line as in comparison films, even though they're nothing like it, you know, when you look scene to scene, because we we're tired of that iteration of that thing. This right. is, if you're going, if you have yet to see it, uh, it's not that it doesn't actually really feel like uh, I'm, look at the grandeur of Spielberg because he had more fun because he made it himself. So yeah. that's why I was pushing back a little bit earlier is I was like the fact well, that when we do these rocket men, we say like, Oh, look at how their legacy and how great they were. Spielberg gets the right to be like a little bit humble. Right. And yeah. so he can be like, ah, I'm just a piece of shit anyway. It's also fascinating to watch someone again. It's not every day. Someone can make, a movie about themselves most of the time that gets outsourced to a filmmaker right mm-hmm. uh and so like this is a very unique situation of watching someone yeah like and so like you watch it and you're like this might not be everything that happened but there's a truth here or at least yeah we're seeing his truth you know yeah like obviously the truth he wants it's from to one see. person's perspective uh but like it's just interesting to see how spielberg thinks of himself yeah. In his life. 
and knowing and knowing that watching it, it's fascinating. Every other scene, they should have been talking about how big his dick was. That, I think that would have been that, amazing. That's what I'm talking. Weird Al's uh, oh, weird, shit. like that, like that shit. That shit. It's so fucking good. Uh, uh, but yeah, wait. like that's again not like we need to fucking tell you that Spielberg is good. But he's all. You never feel in all of the manipulation. You never feel like he's a liar. Right, and he's lying to you. That's what cinema. That's what movie is. Well, movie he's is lies. So good. Like the tornado I referenced, there is a part with a tornado. I don't. I don't uh, disbelieve that for a second because that was the sort of shit my dad did. Uh, basically, like there's a tornado, and the mom puts them all in the car and goes, "Let's go Let's, see." We're it. gonna go and drives into it. the tornado, and it was like, "Oh yeah, I bet that actually legit." I fucking happened. love that though because yeah, like look at how tornadoes are typically used, Wizard of Oz and whatnot. Look at Coen Brothers' uh, Serious Man. Tornadoes right. there to represent like it, things are coming and they're going to crush you. In this movie, the tornado represents. The missed opportunity she well, was also, going there to try to meet a tornado and she never got there it's also like chaos like she's going directly into that's the, the heart of chaos she wants yeah. something and she yeah. uh can't even get it it dissipates right. before they... and then later she gets a monkey and so, yeah it's the same feeling it's, yeah. it's like she's just and so like yeah tornado monkey that all equals it's... i want to fuck seth rogan so yes. it makes sense they're all th- i imagine Having sex with Seth Rogen, you could say, is like have, it's like a tornado of monkeys. Tornado of monkeys, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he said that on on in social media. So. I think so too. Uh, man, imagine right. that! Imagine that sex. What tornado monkey? Yeah, that'd be cool, man. It would be kind. That'd of be cool. real cool. You, like you, a consenting yeah. tornado monkeys. Yeah, like an orgy. Like they all, did you say consenting? Yeah. Like I assumed consent was involved, but you're right. Is that is kind of a tough, you need them all to consent. And if they're already in a tornado, (laughs) Mm. you have to like set it up. They're whipping around. So you probably have to take a bunch of photos to like catch them. And, but hopefully they're giving a thumbs up, you know? Right. We're good to go. Yeah. 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 We're good to go. Put a sign that says thumbs up (laughs) for consent. Yeah, and then you get all the thumbs up, and then you you stick it right in there in the tornado see, monkey. In the tornado, and what happens in that tornado happens, you know? Yeah. And that's what Steven Spielberg is saying about his mom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We did the movie, man. Yeah, I think we're good. I think you'll probably have more to say about this, but, you know, it, you have another podcast where you can do that, so. Yeah, so I can... Get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah, it's always a pleasure talking movies with you, man. You ha- you're yeah. a man who has shares my movie heart. And Thank you. It's, a, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, we have one heart, and it is not a healthy heart, but yeah. we have it. Uh, it's ours. <laughs> I'm going to um, need it at like 8 p.m. tonight, by the way. That's fine. That's All totally right, fine. Cool. Uh, I'm not using it. Listen, cool. thanks, everybody, for, for listening to us. Uh, Abe, thank you for being my guest co-host. Mm-hmm. Do you want to plug again stuff? Uh, movies, the concept of movies, go out okay. and see them. Yeah, actually, I'm. Yeah, I'll also plug movies. Uh, go see movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's good movies. Go, you know, see this. Um, this is a good like go see it with your family type movie, right? Oh yeah, yeah. PG thirteen. So you know the holidays are coming up. You're staring at each other. You all hate each other. You don't know what to do. Go see this movie. You'll laugh and admire each other a little bit better. After. Exactly. It's that kind of movie. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm going to plug our Patreon real quick. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed, G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y, Unemployed. For $5 a month, you get access to a bunch of podcasts. We do a couple with the small beans, like Spielboys and Star Trek The Next Futurama. We also do Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a Maniac. Uh, we watch movies with our patrons every Friday night. Uh, we do custom We Just Watch, custom podcasts. Uh, this month, there's a lot of stuff going on, including Bud Rain. Well, the first episode of it has already come out. That's going to be uh, every Friday. There's three of those. We also got some special Christmas holiday specials. Um, you know, some pre-recorded stuff while we're gone. So, I don't know. Keep keep us in your heart and in your terrible heart and look and give us reviews. You can go to GamefullyUnemployed.com for t-shirts and junk. Okay, that's it. Uh, what else? What else? Yeah, What's going on? Nothing. You can signal to the audience that they may close their ears and stop listening uh, okay. now, I think. All right. All right. Begin closing your ears. <laughs> <laughs>